necessarily at the top mentioned index funds very briefly but we didn't get into them i'm going to actually combine two questions here you know part a and part b part a would be index funds and what are they what are their benefits and how do i pick an index fund that's really suited for me okay so diving a little deep into index funds what index funds are essentially they're a mutual fund where the fund manager doesn't try to beat the index they don't try to beat the sensex or the nifty they don't try to outperform them what they try to do is mimic their performance they want to do as well as either the sensex or the nifty and they do this by simply recreating the index that they are attempting to replicate in the same proportion so if the if the sensex for example has 30 stocks in different proportions a sensex index fund will basically just copy the same uh, will invest in the same companies in the same proportions so that's how they try to mimic the performance that the sensex or the nifty provides that's just one example of an index fund there are a lot of them as well what the benefits are honestly for first time investors it's a great option because it provides a lot of diversification you're not in investing in one particular stock or one particular you're not you know investing in one particular fund manager where you don't you may not know his history you're investing in the entire market as essentially it's low cost because uh, it's a passive investment so what happens is the expense ratio that we talk about that is low i'll explain about expense ratios in just a second they have a good track record because over time the sensex and nifty have all have gone up eventually so they're a good long term investment and uh, like i said they're great for beginners because you don't have to worry too much it's it's a good long term sort of uh, good equity exposure for your portfolio so how and, do i know what's good for me i mean the one yes, i how do you pick suited for me yes how do you pick one you have to do a couple of things you have to look at two things one is tracking error and the second is expense ratio tracking error is basically a figure that tells you how close or far away from the index is the fund so when they're trying to replicate a particular fund the tracking error tells you how well they've replicated it or how badly so the lower the better the clo- as close to the index performance the fund gets that's better for you because they're just trying to replicate it and expense ratio is essentially the maintenance charges that the fund puts on to you as an investor and an expense ratio basically includes like a lot of operating costs management fees blah 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 so that also because it's a cost to you and it's going to erode from your you know it's going to erode from your return lower the better so lower tracking error and lower expense ratio uh the, this information is available online and the tracking error can be found in any fact sheet of any fund that you're trying to invest in so yeah it's pretty simple you just have to do some research and you'll be fine why do you call your outfit fin cocktail i find it very fascinating <laughs> and what really is fin cocktail's aim sally okay so it's it's a funny story um don't judge me but it all started because uh, we love gin cocktail <laughs> and i wanted to put a good spin on it it had to be fun because the moment you say the word finance people just run away they they're scared they're stressed they're like oh my god she's going to give me a lecture now i am not i'm trying to make finance accessible i'm trying to make it easy i'm trying to break it down and demystify it and how else to demystify it than to explain that you know it's going to be fun so i'm going to i'm going to try and cook up this uh, mix up this nice cocktail for you with different financial instruments so yeah that's how fin cocktail sort of came up 
and the <laughs> the idea of using music and reels in social media to convey financial literacy i mean that mm-hmm. that's got to be a first i mean people are using reels for all kinds of <laughs> entertainment purposes uh, it's unique it's fun whose idea was it and how are people reacting to it conveying financial literacy mm-hmm. through the reels through the music Honestly the idea sort of came up because we were doing our research and I must confess it was uh, it was getting a little stressful because our content was not picking up as much so what we realized was that whenever you browse through reels etc instagram seemed to be one, when tiktok was banned in india for example instagram pushed out reels and it's really pushing the entire platform so i guess that's when we decided that you know we have to be on reels and the music why because I love it. I love I love music in the background and even when like for example if we're doing something we're doing some research or trying to figure out a study there's always some music in the background and then I thought like why not why not try to uh, have add some music to it so to make it even more fun than already it is. The feedback it's been i guess it's picked up so clearly people are liking it our audience 80% of them really love the kind of reels that we do and most of them really appreciate the value that we bring to them but there are a few who say that you know can you just shut off the music and can you just tell me what you're trying to say <laughs> so i guess uh, there are always those people who just want want us to get to the point but uh, hopefully we'll also try to come up with some more content on maybe a different platform for them. No, it's it's fabulous. And Fin Cocktails aim would be what? Uh, you know, you start off with personal finance, you know, involve H&Is, portfolio management just a bit please. Fin Cocktails aim primarily was so it when it began, Fin Cocktail was genuinely just a way to demystify finance. It was a financial literacy platform that we wanted to build. Uh, that aim is still very much alive hopefully someday we will be in schools universities trying to bring financial literacy to young people basic courses yes on the other hand yes sure we also hopefully will have our consulting arm where we deal with hnis and maybe someday manage portfolios as well neeti just a bit about your background you know everything that you've traversed your path leading up to this i believe you spent some time in wealth management just a bit about that please yes so like i said right out of school i knew finance was uh, the subject for me and obviously i got my uh, degree in uh, business administration from kingston university in london after that i came back and i pursued uh, cfa which is chartered financial analyst and um, i got through all three levels of that after that uh, i took up a job in investment bank which uh, turns out i wasn't very interested in so obviously i quit that and then i joined ask wealth advisors uh, as a private banker and that's when i actually like learned a whole lot about um, you know wealth management about the managing portfolios about dealing with hnis and i've i've literally i spent 5 years of my life you know learning and 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 after that uh, fin cocktail that's that's my journey you want to add to that sally your background uh, you've also spent some time in investment banking yes yes i have <laughs> unlike neeti i did not know finance was the thing for me from a younger age i did a whole lot of things so i went to ny right out of school i went to nyu stern school of business i did my uh, bachelor's degree in finance and marketing i came back i worked on a couple of places in marketing roles i was even at nike when it was just beginning then i then i realized that yes you know what finance we're boiling it down to that and then i went to do my mba at babson college did that in finance i did uh, a level of cfa as well when i was there and then i came back worked at citibank for a couple of years in their investment banking division that's where i learned uh, a lot 
but i also learned that you know it's so stuffy so male dominated and just so not accessible for anybody and i guess that made me quit and fin cocktail was founded yeah i found i founded fin cocktail in august of last year Uh, you don't know this, but uh, me and Nithi actually know each other since we were what ten, eleven years old. Ah, your childhood yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's lovely. That's wonderful. Yeah. You also do a Sunday brunch section on your Fin Cocktail Facebook and Instagram. Uh, uh, tell us about that, Sally. So Sunday brunch is so it stems from the entire Fin Cocktail, gin cocktails kind of things. Uh, so we just thought Sunday brunch would be a nice extension of the analogy. What it is is a wrap up. It's a weekly wrap up of all. all the major financial news that has happened in the past week that you may want to browse um, looking forward to the monday so we thought sunday is a good day to do this because during the week everybody is stressed and you know worried about their own work and doing a lot on their own so sunday is some day that they may have some bandwidth to absorb all that's happened in the financial world and since our aim is financial literacy we're trying to get this information out to the people who wouldn't usually pick up the financial uh, page of the newspaper and sort of browse through it so we're trying to get that out there I thought we'd do a section on cryptocurrencies and crypto mm-hmm. art. Anyati, let's start with crypto art and NFTs. There's a lot of buzz around the two. Please explain that. And just for interest, how much are people willing to pay for pieces of crypto art? Right. So this is literally the topic of this year: <laughs> crypto art and uh, <laughs> NFTs. So let me just start by explaining a little bit about uh, what crypto art is. It basically works by adding adding a unique signature to a digital file, okay, and thus making it a non fungible token, which is NFT, right? The token holder is the one who literally owns the token. He can enjoy the value of the token, or he can sell it, or maybe he can gift it to someone else. This is like the most uh, sort of basic explanation of NFTs. and this year has been absolutely crazy in terms of the kind of art which has been made and sold online you know for example one of the most expensive pieces that was sold this year is an art piece called every days from this artist called beeple and imagine or not it was sold for 69 million dollars <laughs> so it it yes so it's basically this this little nft which he's created is a compilation of 5000 of his first smaller nfts so 5000 <laughs> of his crypto arts all combined into one makes this uh, art piece called every days and that's that's something which was sold for 69 million dollars that's crazy and and cryptocurrencies themselves i mean the you know the the hottest thing going around how does one start investing in cryptocurrencies which is the best app to use especially if you're a beginner niyati right so uh, this is a very valid question because you know cryptocurrencies have just about gained traction in our country and there's a lot of uh, people who want to sort of begin investments in cryptocurrencies let me tell you it's very easy okay all it takes is for you to download an app sort of just do your kyc on it set up your wallet and and that's it you're good to go it this can literally be done within like an hour and you're good to like sort of uh invest in cryptocurrency as far as the apps go there's there's lots of apps out there but uh, there's a few which i like which are uh, really beginner friendly there's coin dcx go there's uh, coinbase there's something called zepay there's something called vazirx all of these are uh, very beginner friendly and um, you know it's absolutely easy to just set set this up and get going within an hour some vital facts about bitcoins or btc please give them to us and that's also there's so much of chinese whispers going around myths around cryptocurrencies let's also try and bust them 
Sure. So just a few important things about the Bitcoin. One is that there's so much mystery around it uh, because, you know, the founder of Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. the person who mined the first Bitcoin is a person called Satoshi Nakamoto. And nobody literally knows the identity of this person. He he is literally faceless. Nobody knows what he looks like um, and uh, nobody's seen him ever. So there's a lot of mystery around Bitcoin for this uh, one particular reason. Also, the fact that there's only 21 million Bitcoins that will ever be mined. Okay, so there's obviously it's got a store of value because it's limited. It's scarce in nature, right? Bitcoin can work as a great inflation hedge. Okay, it could probably be the currency of the future because, uh, you know, as as we've heard in the news, a lot of institutions are sort of adopting uh, and investing in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. So, for example, Tesla. Tesla bought a huge chunk of Bitcoin uh, a couple of months ago. There's uh, Coca-Cola in Australia, which is accepting payments in Bitcoin. There's uh, Burger King in Venezuela, which is accepting payments (laughs) in Bitcoin. So there's PayPal, who is hugely invested in Bitcoin. So there's a lot of these um, really big, uh, like large, uh, reliable institutions who are sort of adopting uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, which is what sort of gives us uh, a little bit of, um, you know, reassurance and faith that this might be the currency of the future. Yeah, as far as myths about Bitcoin go, the first and the very, it's the biggest myth that I'd like to debunk is that Bitcoin is banned in India. It's not banned in India so far. Okay. <laughs> Lots of people uh, keep talking about how it's banned and how do I invest if it's banned and, you know, like what are the applications of that. But technically, at this point in time, it's not banned in India. It's okay to invest in uh, cryptocurrencies as long as you keep your asset allocation in mind. Okay, obviously, I'm not telling you to put everything that you own into cryptocurrencies. But, you know, if you're investing up to about 5 or 10% of your uh, investment corpus, then that's fine. Like, that's 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 something that, uh, you know, you can look at uh, doing. The other myth is that Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency, which also mm. is kind of false because there's about 4,000 plus cryptocurrencies out there. So Bitcoin definitely is the largest, but there's also another uh, 4,000 cryptocurrencies that are available for, uh, you know, wow. one to invest in or look at, right? And another uh, myth that I'd like to debunk is that one has to buy an entire Bitcoin. Everybody feels that I need to buy an entire Bitcoin to sort of invest in Bitcoin. But that's that's absolutely false because you can buy a portion or a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can invest in Bitcoin with as little as a thousand rupees. So that's something that, uh, you know, these these are a few uh, very common myths around uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, which I felt, uh, you know, people should be more uh, informed and aware about. Oh, very lucidly explained. Mm-hmm. I see all these articles in financial magazines about CEOs and their net worth. And I've always wondered <laughs> if we as ordinary human beings, you and me, I could find out our net worth. Sally, is there a formula to do that for people with a steady income, calculating net worth? Yes, yes, there is. There is another thumb rule. But uh, let me first clarify, net worth will always actually be your assets minus your liabilities. But if you want an on-the-go option, which is like, you know, you're in a car, you're discussing this net worth, which is published about your Elon Musk's of the world or whoever else, You can find out what should ideally be your net worth. It's a formula which is modified from um, something called the millionaire next door. It's modified to the Indian context. So it's your age multiplied by your pre-tax income 
divided by 20 now why your age because it assumes that you know as you grow older you will acquire more assets reduce your liabilities etc it's a big assumption yes we know but it's an on the go formula it's a thumb rule pre tax income obviously because it depends oh, that helps you get to your net worth and why 20 because it works better for the indian markets it also says that there are a couple of uh, ways you can modify it like for example if you're for example 40 years old you have an annual income of like 30 lakhs uh, living in india so then you should be worth about 60 lakhs so yeah it's it's an on the go thumb rule which may be a nice conversation starter <laughs> Lovely. Go and check them out. They are Finn Cocktail, F-I-N-C-O-C-K-T-A-I-L on both Instagram as well as Facebook. They really make personal finance, taxes, the micro and the macroeconomics of it so much fun. That's Niyati and Saili. Listen, I had so much fun talking to you guys. Thank you for being on the show and thank you for thank all you. the wonderful advice. Thank and, you so uh, much on. for having us. Thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was great being here.